The text for our sermon this morning and for our contemplations on the, these Wednesday evening Lenten services is the psalm uh, that we read responsively, Psalm 41. Tonight we consider that first stanza, blessed is the one who considers the poor in the day of trouble the Lord delivers him. God's grace, mercy, and peace be unto you from God our Father, from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Psalm 41, as you heard me mention, we're going to contemplate this psalm on our Wednesday evenings. This psalm was written by David. It was composed around the time of his son Absalom's rebellion. The book of Psalms, one might ask why we would contemplate it. Well, the book of Psalms is the church's first hymnal. The various psalms were written and sung by God's people at different times and at different occasions, but the psalms always point us to the work of God, that he is merciful. They are a collection of hymns and chants that remind us of God's rescuing, God's mighty acts that he does for his people. David, of course, is the primary author of most of the psalms, but we also know the Psalms, they span the life of, of the history of Christ's church because we also have a Psalm written by Moses, Psalm 90. The purpose of the Psalms are the same purpose that we have songs and hymns. The purpose of the Psalms is to teach God's people. It was also an opportunity to give praise to God, to give a testimony to his faithfulness. But ultimately, we need to remember that the Psalms are teaching us about Christ. Jesus in Luke 24 says, Everything written about me in the law of Moses, the prophets, and the Psalms must be fulfilled. The book of Psalms, like all of Scripture, is about Jesus. So tonight, this first stanza, these first couple of verses of Psalm 41, what do they teach us about Jesus? Now, this isn't uncommon. The church, even in the New Testament, used the Psalms as a text for sermons in Acts 13. But before we get to Acts, we remember our Lord himself. This Lent, we're going to hear Jesus recites Psalm 22 from the cross, My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Even from the cross, Jesus is teaching us who he is. In Luke 20, the scribes and Pharisees, when they question Jesus' identity, Jesus uses Psalm 110. The Lord said to my Lord, sit at my right hand until I make your enemies a footstool. It seems our Lord himself likes to teach and preach from the Psalms. In Acts 13, Paul preaches a sermon on Psalm 2 and chapter 16. In Colossians 3, Paul says, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. And then he describes that by teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms. Paul, by the Holy Spirit, teaches us that the Psalms are the word of Christ and worth our consideration. 
So in particular, Psalm 41 teaches us not just the life of David, not just the agony and the sadness that David is going through as his son Absalom rebels against him. But we're also going to find the life of Christ in Psalm 41. And in finding the life, in finding Christ and his life in it, we then will find ours. As I mentioned, Psalm 41, if you can imagine the setting, what a terrible time in David's life. His own son is rebelling against him, Absalom. The foundation for the second table of the law, the fourth commandment, honor your father and mother. The foundation, the very beginning of how we are to show the love of God to our neighbor, the second table of the law, how children should honor their parents. And now David's son, his beloved son, is not just rebelling against against him, not just rebelling against the faith, but he wants to murder his own father. He wants to take the throne by force. Nothing pierces a parent's heart more than a child that rebels. A child who gives up the faith, who forsakes what parent has sacrificed so much for to teach what the father and mother have handed down and the child throws it away. We're all children. We might not all be parents, but we are all children and we should all recognize the agony that David is in in this psalm. We should recognize the sadness and the depravity of our own sin as a rebellion against our Heavenly Father. A son who not only is giving up the faith and trust in God as his Savior, but that very child that's looking to take the life, to take the most precious thing that the Father could give, his own son. And we crucified him. And for what? Did we think, do we think even now by our sins, we can take by force from God what he's going to give us? Remember Absalom, he was a member of the royal family. He would have received grace and he would have received the benefits of being a son in the royal family by grace. But no, Absalom decided he would take the benefits. He didn't want to receive them. He would take the throne of his father by force. And instead of receiving grace, Absalom gets caught in sin like, like we all do. We get blinded by sin. We don't repent. We just are so immersed in our hate and our own thoughts. Absalom too, he didn't repent and that's the danger for us to live lives of repentance, examining our lives so we don't get caught in that snowball of sin. Because Absalom then, instead of receiving grace in his blindness, he he dies. He murders him. He commits suicide. His hair, the thing he was so proud of, gets caught in the tree and he dies. David loved his son. 
In fact, Absalom, David named him the father's peace. Abba, Abba father, and Salem, meaning peace, the father's peace. However, Absalom gave up the faith, jealousy, vanity took over, and David had anything but peace. David prayed for Absalom to repent. David wanted Absalom to consider himself poor. David wanted Absalom to receive from God, not to be rich in his self-righteousness, not to be rich in his vanity. The setting for Psalm 41 is a Christian lament. As we heard that, that first verse, blessed is he who considers the poor. But this psalm, as it laments, it's asking us to consider not just the poor as in others, but to consider our own spiritual poverty, to live lives of repentance. Just as, as Jesus preaches in the Beatitudes, right? We hear that word blessed. Blessed are the poor in spirit, Jesus says. He, he preaches. It's the same God, the same Holy Spirit speaking through David in Psalm 41 and also Jesus as he preaches the Beatitudes. Blessed are those who mourn. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. The psalm begins with a blessed, a blessing. The psalm says, blessed is the one who considers the poor. Now, this word consider the poor, it could be translated as pay attention to, focus on, think intently about, focus your attention on the poor. Usually our thoughts are on the rich, aren't they? <laughs> Usually we want to follow them, or at least those who appear successful in life. They have our gaze. We're even told all our lives, if you want to be successful, go get advice from a successful person. Talk to rich people if you want to know how to succeed. If you want the blessed life, follow the example of the rich. I haven't heard too many TED Talks being given by a homeless person. David, who's extremely wealthy. David, who's the king. He says, pay attention to the poor. The weak, the helpless. Or even, we could call them the needy. The poor that we are invited to consider if we desire to be blessed by God. It's not just financially poor, but to have a posture of neediness. First, we need to consider the poor because God has placed them in our lives. So before we consider ourselves as poor, we're going to, we're going to take this psalm, this first verse, at its face value. We need to give consideration to the poor because God has placed them in our lives that we might show the love of God to them. The Christian is a person who's been changed from being self-centered, like Absalom, to being outwardly focused on the needs of others. This is the nature of our Heavenly Father. And like father, like son, like daughter, by faith, we know that God has promised to take care of us. We have nothing to worry about. Jesus said, who of you by worrying can add a single hour to your life? Do not set your heart on what you will eat or drink. Do not worry about it, for the pagan world runs after such things. 
Your Father knows that you need them. But seek first his kingdom, and these will be given to you as well. We are to be the way in which our Heavenly Father fulfills this promise for others. We are to be the way in which God serves the needy that he puts in our lives. We should consider the poor because we have no reason to worry. And that frees you to help those who maybe are worried. That's how we first consider the poor. That's how we first take this psalm and learn from it. Second, as we move from looking at our neighbor, we use the needy, we consider the needy to be a, spirit, a, a model for us spiritually. That as you consider the needy, you are to let them be your teacher. You are to be a student. Because the needy, they know they can't just make money appear. You may have direct deposit in your, in your bank account. You don't even see the check, it just appears. The needy know they cannot make money appear. They can't just make good health happen. Despite the positive thinking zealots who say, dream it and it will happen. Despite the name it and claim it false prophets, they're foolish who say, name your destiny. The needy recognize they need someone else to provide. We know our sin. The ashes on our forehead today remind us. We recognize we can't even keep ourselves alive. We are reminded we need someone who does not turn to dust. We need someone to remedy our greatest need, rescue from death, rescue from our sin, even rescue us from ourselves, from our selfish desire to not consider the needy, even as our neighbor, or like Absalom ourselves. We don't want to rely on anyone. Even when, when people become deathly ill, so often they'll, they'll say, oh, I don't want to trouble anyone. Or even worse, our, our society that's infatuated with death thinks that euthanasia, suicide, or abortion is a good answer. How foolish we must be that by destroying life we have control over it. All those suggestions of death, they're the most selfish of all. You would rather attempt, you would rather kill and attempt to be God rather than be needy. So we, we consider the poor person our neighbor and that we are to help them as God's tools. We then also look at the needy as our teacher for ourselves. But finally... We consider the needy one that David is teaching us about. The one that David would really have us see. Not him, not Absalom, but David wants you to see Christ in this psalm. To see Christ as the needy one. But also, Christ is the one who considers the poor. Jesus is both sides of the equation. Are we not blessed when we consider and think upon or look intently? If we, are we not blessed when we consider Jesus and what he's done for us? When we look closely at what he has done for us in his life and on the cross, his resurrection, his ascension to the right hand, 
his being with us in the sacrament. This is where the psalm ultimately leads you to consider Christ as the poor one, but also to see Christ as the one who considers the needy, us. Christ became needy. The scriptures tell us he became poor because he knows we are the most needy of all. He knows that our neediness is is taken care of by him becoming nothing. That only he, only God can turn our poverty into treasure beyond all understanding. Our poverty is only turned into a blessing if we have someone who always considers the needs of others. We're told when Jesus entered into Jerusalem, the crowd said, blessed, there's that blessed word, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Coming in the name of the Lord means that you consider the needy. 2 Corinthians 8 says, You know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, for your sake became poor, so that by his poverty we might become rich. Being born again in baptism, you are born into a kingdom by grace. That God brings you into his kingdom, not by your efforts, so it cannot be taken from you. You cannot be taken from the kingdom of God. Or Philippians 2, have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself, taking the form of a servant. When Jesus goes to the cross for your sins, for when you've despised the needy, for when you've looked the other way from the poor, Jesus goes to the cross because we want to be rich or because we don't don't want to have to rely on anybody, Jesus becomes poor. He goes to the cross and he waits on his father. He's willing to wait on the help of his father even unto death. Jesus is the model poor man. Jesus, when he goes to the cross, he's considering the poor, you and me. And when he's raised three days later, he shows that the poor one has become the greatest. As verse 1 says, in the day of trouble, the Lord delivers him. He, the son that never rebelled but obeyed perfectly, he who doesn't seek to take the throne of his father but waits on him, he who isn't caught in his own sin like Absalom does, because Absalom's desire for power, but he who's caught in the tree of the cross because of his mercy, so that you and I would not be caught in our sins. Blessed is he who considers the poor. Jesus is the poor one, and yet he is also the one who considers us, and he does not forget. Psalm 41 is about Jesus. May the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. Amen.